Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. There we go. Hallelujah. Turn over here. And uh, I believe we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Amen. You need it. I need it. Praise God. We all need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And um, let's go over here to 2 Corinthians in chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, the Bible said the... (laughs) that we need to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's been sent from heaven. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. And uh, his ministry is another comforter, we can call it that. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. And we talked about that. Evidently, we need to be comforted. (laughs) I got one. (laughs) If you have, if you don't think you do, just keep living. <laughs> just keep living. If you don't think you need to be confident, just keep living. Keep making choices and making decisions. You'll find out you need to be confident by the Holy Spirit. You need his strength in your life. Amen. We're not, man is not supposed to be living without resources from heaven. And, um, and, uh, that's, that's, that's really on my mind this morning, more than it's ever been, that we need to start living out of heaven and out of the things that come out of heaven for us while we're here on this earth. Amen. And um, one of the uh, um, receiving that we need to receive in our life is the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. As a person, you should never see yourself alone or by yourself. You're never by yourself when you become a child of God. When you wake up in the morning, like Dr. Jacob said, you look like the Secret Service. Come on now. You had angels encamped about your house. You, it may have looked like nobody was out there when you looked out there, but it was somebody out there. <laughs> Again, the Bible said the angels of the Lord in Psalms 34 encamp around about them that honor God. Amen. That's why I'll never stop teaching on honor. You need to live a lifestyle of honor, and you need to honor the right things, and you need to honor the right people. And praise God, and that's going to be the paramount teaching of this church because when people miss it, they miss it with dishonor. They miss it. They, they dishonor something that God honors, and the moment you do that, your life's off track, and you're going to miss the plan and purpose of God for your life. And so we're always going to teach on that, and we need to honor the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. I didn't get up this morning by myself. Heaven touched you. That's how you got up. Amen. The Bible said, in him we live and move and have our being. Amen. Getting up this morning was a miracle. I'm going to say that again. You may not think about it. If you really start thinking about it, you're going to say, my life is a miracle. Amen. In my life is a there has been miraculous intervention in my life. The Bible says you, you when your mother birthed you in this planet, praise God. God had to get involved in that. He had to give you your first breath. He said, "Before I knew you, Amen. 
I fought before, you know, the world knew you. I formed you in the womb. Before I brought you into this planet, I formed you. I had a plan for you before you ever came into this planet, which means my beginning and my origin is out of heaven. Amen. And anything that comes out of heaven is miraculous. So I need to think about that. You know, I was thinking about yesterday. This planet sits out in the middle of nowhere. That's not normal. Do you know anything just sets out in the middle of nowhere? That's not normal. That is not normal when something just sits out in the middle of nowhere. God is trying to tell you, I'm holding you. I'm keeping you. I'm providing for you. Amen. Every, the, Psalms 145 said, everything living on this planet gets its substance from God. Amen. Everything you're going to eat today came from God. All the air you breathe today came from God. This planet was created by God, amen. You were created in his image and likeness to live and function like him, amen. But when man decides to step away from God, he, use, he loses divine functionality, which means he doesn't think like God anymore. He doesn't act like God anymore. He doesn't talk like God anymore because he walked away from him, amen, Salvation comes when you come to your senses and realize, you know, I need to get reconnected. Amen. Amen. I need to get reconnected to the source that really created me and put me here on this planet. And then the restoration of his ways and his thoughts eventually become a part of our life. Amen. My home is start governing like God would govern a home. Amen. If I'm a husband, I'm going to be a husband like God would be a husband. Amen. If I'm a wife, I'm going to be a wife like God would be a wife. I'm going to have his ways and his thoughts. I'm going to train my children to live that way. I want, praise God, when you begin to honor God and follow his ways and respect that his ways are the best ways. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. When you start living on godly level, you start living higher than the world is living. Your home's going to look better. Your marriage is going to look better. You're going to look better. Everything is going to look better when you take it to a God level. You ready to go to a God level this morning? Brother Caleb said you were here to receive everything he had for you, praise God. Well, then receive the Holy Ghost because he, he's ready to take you to another level. You need his ministry. You don't just need to come to church. You need the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. You just don't need to do your job in the church. You just don't need to do your job during the week. You need the Holy Spirit so everything you do is on a high level. The church ought to get tired of just playing church. We ought to get ready to go to a higher level that's being offered to us. That means I'm, I should be led by the Spirit in my actions, and it really should be the Spirit leading. It shouldn't be the flesh that I want. It should look like Holy Ghost results is what it should look like. Well, you got to be you got to be diligent and you got to be sincere about his ministry in your life. Amen. Praise God. And how do I know if I'm sincere? Then I'm getting up, read the book he authored every morning called the Bible. If I'm sincere about his ministry, then I'm not trying to live without the word. I'm not trying to be a believer missing word feedings. I'm not trying to be a believer that, that can miss all day and never get one scripture in my life. I'm not trying to be that type of believer. Matter of fact, that's not a believer. That's a doubter. That's a doubter that goes, that's names on somebody's church roll. You, you praise God. You'll notice if you miss a meal. You'll say, so if you go, if you go without food long enough during the day, you're going to tell somebody, I ain't ate today all day. You're going to find somebody 
and you're going to say, I'm hungry because I haven't eaten all day. You're going to voice that. Well, your spirit is hungry too. It's trying to tell you if you hadn't read your Bible, your spirit is saying, I'm hungry and I ain't ate all month. Praise God. <laughs> could be a month. I'm telling you, sometimes people are living wordless lives. You shouldn't be living a wordless life. Your Bible is God talking to you. And if I'm not talking to him, something is talking to me. And you'll end up living a disconnected life, and the world will begin to have its influence in your life. You'll start picking up its ways. And then people come to church, they want to say hallelujah at church and start having church behavior. We're not interested in church behavior. Hey, you hear church on the wrong. I live, I, I, you know, I got this behavior at church, and then, then the rest of the week I'm something else. We're not interested in church behavior. No, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. There ought to be some consistently, some consistency in my life. And the way I get consistent in spiritual things is what I give myself to. And every day, praise God, I thank God for Pastor Cynthia having a daily reading program. You ought to be implementing that in your life. Some form or some way, you ought to be. If you're not implementing your life, then you didn't listen to your pastors. That's just lay tell it like a T.I. is. Now, what else is you ain't listening to? It can cost you. You think we did that because out of religion? No, you need the word every day. If God says in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. When he's talking about live, that's a very important thing. He said he will not live. That means he, the, the life he's describing, he's not going to have it without the word of God. He can go to church, but he's not going to live. He can have his name on the, world, on the road, but he's not going to live the quality of life that the spirit and the word brings to people that devote themselves to the word. Amen. Amen. The word came from heaven. The Holy Spirit came from heaven, and we were created out of heaven. When the Bible says you've been born again, you've been born again from above, which means that your citizenship is in heaven. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You can go boldly to the throne of grace in heaven every time you pray. That means our conversation is in heaven. So that means I need to be doing heavenly things. Reading your Bible is a heavenly exercise. Amen. It's a heavenly exercise because the words didn't come from the world. They came from God's mouth. He said if a man's going to have, when he's talking about life, he's not talking about just existing. He's not talking about just being on the planet and existing. He said man shall not live by bread, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The Bible said in this world there are many voices. That's a whole lot of people talking. And praise God, they're talking to have significant influence in your life. But, it, but praise God, we got to find out where is the influence of God in your life. I want his influence in everything I do. I'm smart enough. I figured it out, praise God. You cannot live without God. I was telling a young man this week, he says, <laughs> he's thinking about having a home. I say, if you try to do this without God, you're going to fail. Let me just tell you that. No exceptions. You're going to fail. The enemy is going to come into your house, and he's going to attack somebody. Maybe it's you. 
Maybe it's your mate. Maybe it's your kids. But somebody going to get it. And it's designed to disrupt the whole unit. That's what it's designed to do. And if the enemy has his way, he'll wipe out a whole family where there's no seed left on the planet at all. I've seen him do it. Wipe out the whole house, the wife, the husband, the children, everybody. And it's one thing they all have in common. Reading their Bible was not a structured plan in their life. Prayer was not a structured plan in their life. Amen. Having a pastor, not going to church, having a pastor that God sent was not a structured plan in their life. And they were living disconnected from him. Amen. Living disconnected from him. And the enemy comes in like a thief and he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and to destroy. You got to decide who you're going to let in your house. Because Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let me tell you, more abundantly is better. Amen. Having children that honor God is better. Having a marriage that honors God is better than one that doesn't. I've been doing this a long time now. I've been out here for a while now. I'm getting like David. I've been young and I'm still young. <laughs> but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. But the path of the righteous just keeps getting brighter and brighter. And God wants you to have a bright path. So he says, I'm not going to leave you down here without any instruction or any guidance in life. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, a person that will follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, God will make them a rich person. That's why when I taught about the Lord's Prayer, he said, the kingdom of heaven is here. God just brought heaven here. Amen. Praise him. He brought the culture and the environment of heaven to earth. That's what your Bible is teaching. The book of Matthew, Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven is here. Amen. But the culture of heaven is manifested through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is not playing a role in my life and guiding me. Listen, y'all, I said this to Pastor Calvin one day, and, and he looked at me. He said, I think you need to be preaching my New Year's Eve service. I said, the New Testament believer is supposed to be living a lead life. Most believers lead their own life. Amen. Look over here in uh, Romans. Let's read that one. Then I'll come back here. Hold your place here. Romans chapter 8. I'm coming to talk to you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning. Because he'll tell you how to act and how to, how to respond in every situation. And we got to put him first place and his ministry first place in our life. And when his ministry is first place in our life, what is going to be the ultimate outcome? Victory, God's will, huh? What's going to be his outcome? What's going to be the outcome of my life if the Holy Spirit is leading me? Blessing, victory, success, huh? Well done, thou good and well done. Because he ain't going to tell you how to do something bad. 
The Holy Ghost ain't going to tell you how to do something bad. <laughs> the ultimate objective is you're going to end up looking just like Jesus. Amen. And now all those answers are true, but his objective is to conform us to the image of his son. There's an image trying to work through everybody. Yes, it is. It's an image trying to work through everybody. It affects the way you dress. It affects the way you live. It affects how you talk. There's an image trying to come through to you. Come through you. There's an image trying to be lived through you. And if the image is not Jesus, then that means some spirit of the world is trying to work in my life and produce some image that didn't come from heaven. Man was created to produce the image and likeness of God. Not some macho image that this world is trying to give that has no positive end results at all. The image that should be coming through me and the image should be coming through you is the image of God and the Holy Spirit has started that work. If you've been born again, amen, that means your origin started from heaven. It's called being born from above. They praise God that your nature did not come from this world. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And all things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. There's a newness on the inside of you if you've been born again. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It don't matter how I feel, there's a newness on the inside of me. And the Holy Ghost has come to expand it, to manifest it, to produce it, to bring it forth so that the glory of God can manifest through your life. So the glory means that which is like God begins to show up in your life. Ain't you done had enough of you? Praise God. I know I done had enough of me, enough of sad feelings and wrong thoughts and wrong ways. Ain't you done had enough of you? What fruit has it produced? Has it moved your life forward? Has it got you in a joy? Has it increased, the, praise God, the production of friendship and marriage in your life? Is it, has, praise God, are you tired of arguing in your home, praise God? Because the Bible said it's an honor for a man to cease from strife. When God is in you, you ain't got time to be arguing with people, giving them a piece of your mind and having an attitude, raising your blood pressure and ruining your immune system. But the peace of God, which passes all understandings, will start keeping your heart and your mind. You start being kept from a bull. Say amen to that. Praise God. That's good preaching. Hallelujah. You ought to get up in the morning and say, I received the Holy Ghost. I received you. See, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not just one baptism. Praise God. The first time the Bible said the church received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they start speaking in other tongues. The next time, God shook the whole house. They are different manifestations with different impartations and receptions, praise God. And God has got the Holy Ghost ready to take you from glory to glory, which means there's always a new manifestation of the presence of God showing up in your life so that, praise God, that when somebody looks at you, they're looking at a new dimension of God coming through you. It's not the same you. Come on, man. The church ought to be moving in glory. Jesus said, I'm coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. A look more God will move a wrinkle. A look more God will move a spot so that you are not the same. You're being transformed into the image and likeness of God. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. It's the responsibility of every believer living like it. You should, your mate shouldn't have to put up with you for the whole tenure. 
of the marriage. Your job shouldn't have to put up with you. They'll say something special about so-and-so. It's not like everybody here. I'm so glad they're here. W.E. Kenyon said, when you leave a job, people ought to cry because the glory just left. I said, he said, your people ought to cry because the glory just left. When people glad you gone, <laughs> holla. <laughs> when people glad you gone, there's something wrong. You ought to be missed when you're gone. Jesus was missed when he was gone. The disciples went and locked themselves up in a row. Because the one that had cared for him so much, he said, don't, don't, praise God. I'm so glad you cherish me, but I'm going to make you like me. I'm going to put the same value that God put in me. I'm going to put it in you. Because I'm going to take the same words that he gave me, and I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to take the same Holy Ghost that he gave me, and I'm going to give him to you. I'm going to take the same mind that is in Christ. Let this mind that is in Christ Jesus be also in you. Which means I, we shouldn't be thinking like everybody else. I'm not, what you think? I'm not thinking that. Praise God. I'm not depressed. I feel like praising him. Come on now. Praise God. I, I feel in the praise, praise God. I'm feeling the thanksgiving. I'm not thinking like the world, praise God. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will make you like that. Let's take a look at this. Romans chapter 8, <laughs> verse 14. It says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God or by the Holy Ghost. Come on now. I told Pastor Callan, I said, we're supposed to be living a led life. Where you show up is supposed to be a God thing. Amen. Where you show up is supposed to be a God thing. The next word that come out of your mouth to somebody ought to be a God thing. It shouldn't be a complaining thing. It shouldn't be a murmuring thing. The Bible said, let your words be seasoned with grace. Praise God. You would never have problems in homes. Homes would flourish if people would have grace words. What are grace words? Grace words are the words you don't deserve. You don't earn them own them, but somebody speaks highly of you. They esteem you higher than themselves. They're always talking you to the next level. Do you know anybody like that? Talking you to the next level. Telling you can do this. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. Nothing shall be impossible for you. The sky is the limit for you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. God's best belongs to you. Praise God. All you put your hands to, the Holy Ghost is going to help you. You're going to be blessed in all your endeavors. If you just got people speaking highly of you around you, you'll go to another level. They did a study of some boys in Chicago was living in the inner city. Didn't have anybody speak anything positive to them. Everybody always identified with their failure. So they pulled him out of a normal school, and they put him in a school where they had to screen the teachers. If you had a short temper, they didn't want you there. If you had to speak everything bad you saw, they didn't want you there. If you couldn't have patience and speak highly of these children, 
because they've never had somebody tell them they could do it. They never had somebody tell them, you're more than a conqueror, that you can live triumphant in this life. You have value, you have worth, and it's been proven over and over again. That's why God tells fathers, you speak good words over your children. You speak highly over them. You don't speak critical words over them. Amen. You have, you, the children are supposed to be brought up in the meekness and admonition of the Lord. Amen. Well, they spoke highly. They got a group of teachers speak highly over these and boys. And in one year, all the grade levels went up. All of them went up. That's why we need the Word of God. That said, that's why we need the Word of God. Because David was in a place where nobody encouraged him. The Bible said he had to encourage himself. You may, be, you may, have, you may have to get in the mirror today and say, you more than, you, you right there. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ. You know what? You're going to make it, praise God. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? You may have to encourage yourself. <laughs> I hope it don't get down to that level, but you might be there. Praise God. that You, you ain't got a cheerleader. Praise God. Nowhere on the sideline. You ain't got half-timers, cheerleaders. You ain't got a band or nothing, praise God. You just out there, looks like it all by yourself, praise God. And Jesus looked like that. He said, no, my father have never left me. You got the Holy Ghost around you. I said you look like secret service. You got angels encamped around about you. You got the blood saying better things for you than the blood of Abel. You got the Holy Ghost in you and on you. You got Father, Son, and living on the depths of your heart. You are not by yourself and get up and encourage yourself in the Lord and praise God. Say we can do it because God is with us. Well, the Holy Ghost reminds you that. He said he's on assignment to bring back the words. So every morning you get up, you're reading something. You think it's a waste of time. It's not. He said he's going to bring back the word that's been implanted in you. So that guess what? If there's nobody there, you can encourage yourself. Look what it says right here. Look what it says right here. Praise God. He says... Uh, <laughs> Praise God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. The Bible said when Jesus got baptized in the Holy Ghost, immediately the Spirit began to lead him. No more delay. Immediately the Spirit of God ought to be leading us. It'd be leading and directing and guiding us. The way we're going to come into what has been prophesied over this church the Holy Ghost is the one that prophesied the prophecies over this church. Guess who's going to have to take us there? The one that said it. Amen. Praise God. God's got increased plan for this house. But we're going to have to listen to the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost. We laid hands on some of y'all to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. We want you to keep praying. You never stop praying in the Spirit. Pat Cynthia and I, we'll pray in the Holy Ghost on the way to church. Sheila Bakosan. I don't care just whether I'm in the shower, whether I'm going through the house, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. I let the Spirit of God pray in me more than you all. That means he had to be praying all the time. The, God, the Bible said men ought to always pray and not pass out. 
and they ought to pray without ceasing, which means that men ought to be having communication with heaven all the time. All the time. I don't care if I'm walking to the car. I don't care where I am. I ought to be letting the Holy Ghost speak through me because I'm talking about destiny. The Bible said when you pray in tongues, you're talking about the future. You're talking about destiny. And the Holy Ghost helps us to do this. And when, when we do this and we get in the Word and we get in the Spirit, we're receiving His ministry of transformation. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. When people want to be a super Christian overnight, I don't know who told you that. Transformation takes time. The Bible says you got to grow up, but at least be committed to going up. Amen. And how do you grow? By feeding on the Word of God and listening to the Holy Spirit. Let's go down here and look at over here. And, um, yeah, let's go do that. Let's go over here to 2 Corinthians. I'm talking about his ministry. You know, people can ignore your ministry. <laughs> it says, uh, um, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, we'll pick up in verse 7. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could st not steadfastly look at uh, behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory has done away. Moses, <clears throat> when he had come down from uh, being in the presence of God, a physical change showed up in his body. His face began to shine like a light, and it was so bright that people couldn't look at it. Boy, that's something. Your face shining so bright, people can't even look at it. So it was so bright, he had to walk around with a veil on his face. He had to walk around with his face covered. If somebody shine a light in your eye, and you say, oh, man, I can't stand that. Well, it was so bright that he was doing three million people like that. <laughs> I said, praise God. You always knew where Moses was at night. <laughs> night came, man, he's over there. He's over there. It wasn't a day go by that people didn't know where Moses was. Come on now. That means if the church really gets in the glory. I mean, we get some people that's hungry for this. Amen. I'm not talking about folks just show up. I'm talking about people that's hungry for this. That's what it's going to take, and we're going to get this, y'all. There's going to be some people that come in and just read this. Amen. I heard, I, this guy said that I never forgot. He said, there's going to be somebody come along and just read it, you know, just follow the instructions. Just like putting a toy together. Follow the instructions. There's no parts left over laying around. And there's no, you know, how, what did we leave out? The steering wheel? The steering wheel's left off the car after you don't put it together for your toddler. He said, somebody's going to come, they're just going to read this and just do it. I'm living to be in that group. That's a real group. That's a group that's coming into existence. Amen. Play church ain't going to work no more. I hope you know that. <laughs> I hope you know that. That, that. that chapter ended. That's over with. This is the real deal now. It's things coming on this planet now. You're going to have to really know Jesus. Amen. But look what it says right here. 
it says, how shall not the ministry, if that ministry was glorious, if that glory hit one man and affected three million people, <laughs> because he just got up in the presence of God. The Bible said in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So that tells you when depressed people and sad looking people, people with no joy, they hadn't been in the presence of God. I'm going to say this again. The Bible says in Psalm 16, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. I don't want to have a day without the presence of God. I don't want to have a day where I don't talk to God. I don't want to have a day where I don't fellowship with my heavenly father. I don't want a day like that. I don't want a day where I have no word. I don't want, I don't want days like that. Because word is coming, trouble is coming, pressure is coming. And listen, in a fight, in a fight, it is no time for preparation in a fight. You know, have you ever been in a fight before? You said, be back. Wait, hold on. I need to, I'm, I'm going to train for this. I think I'm going to, just give me a minute. I'm going to take some Jiu Jitsu classes and some wrestling classes and some boxing. Just hold off on this for right now. Normally, the opponent know you're not ready. Amen. Daryl and I, we was in college. We took karate classes. Just to make you think twice. Anyway, I'll let you know about that. But anyway, we took karate classes and kicking and and the gentleman by Mr. Kelsey was our teacher. I, I, just, I just wanted to do something, you know, athletic. You know, anyway, you just got to know me. I ain't got time to talk about it. I like to do, you know, I was always doing stuff, some sports. You know, Kansas kind of got that. Now she in jujitsu classes. And she out on Facebook wrestling people and things like that. But anyway, <laughs> Mr. Kelsey would have a self-defense class on Fridays after he did karate. And so Caleb Darrell and I would go to that. He said, people that will attack you have already sized you up. Because nobody wants to be in a real fight. That they don't know the outcome of. <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> they just don't. That's what he taught us. Well, the Bible is true then. Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeing who he may can devour. You got to get up in the morning and tell him, you can't whip me. Some of y'all scared to talk to him. You're hoping he don't see you today. <laughs> Taking a different way home. Some of you scared to go home because you know he in there. <laughs> say oh me if you can't say oh me. But when you get the but when you get the Holy Ghost, he's no match for you. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, you have the power that created the heavens and the earth, and the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And I was reading this last night and just 
about the ministry of the Holy Ghost, Pastor Nancy prophesied over my life. She said the gifts of the Spirit are going to increase in your life. Well, you got to do something about that. You're going to have to study scriptures on the gifts of the Spirit. And I was studying the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible said the manifestations of the Spirit have been given. And I taught you about the word given, which means you have become owner now. Have been given to every man. Now, why don't you see if they've already been given? I'm going to read it in a minute. If every believer has been given the manifestation of the Spirit, then why don't you ever see the gifts of the Spirit? Well, we got some people that play church. They get on your nerves. They just want attention drawn to them. The gifts of the Spirit don't draw attention to you. It profits the church gets better. It makes the church better. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to They're supposed to make the church better. It's not supposed to make you some kind of whatever. Because they're not your gifts, they're His gifts. And He's given you stewardship. He's given you possession of it. While you're here, he's made you the owner of it while you're here. Now, when you get to heaven, you're not going to need any gifts. You're not going to need that supernatural ability to already be interesting in you. Now, why isn't the church functioning more in the gifts if they've been given to every man? It's because every man doesn't fellowship with the Holy Spirit to operate in gifts. Then they get real kooky. Somebody was going to be real kooky here and, and wanted to do things and I wouldn't let them do it. So they went to another church. And we had, a, that church had a meeting and I went there. And the pastor of that church says, that person just showed up for this special meeting. I was over there called special meeting. The pastor of the church said, that person, now the mate comes, but that person don't ever come. They just here because we have a special meeting. And they left here, told me that, was, that person was going to be their pastor. You see how kooky people are? Then that person had an 80th birthday and invited Pastor Cynthia out there to honor their pastor. 54 years in the ministry, 44 years being their pastor, And 80 years old. How do you miss something like that? How do you miss? How do you have something else to do when somebody else has poured out their life? See, this is where honor comes in. And that's why I'm going to keep talking about it. See, I changed my schedule. Because I see what you've done in the body of Christ, and you're a man of integrity, and I respect you. And if I had to go across the country and buy airline tickets, hotel rooms, and cars, I would have been there. And this is the reason why people don't excel. Then I was with one of his spiritual sons during the day. The church you pastor, he personally put you in there.
The Holy Ghost is not going to lead you to go somewhere else. Are we talking about the leading of the Holy Ghost? You know what the Holy Ghost is going to tell you? You need to show some honor. You need to be there. Because you're going to reap. Yeah, you Oh, it's coming back. You're going to reap. God, the Bible said God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, it's coming back to you, buddy. This is your spiritual father. He put you in that church, taught you the word and raised you up and laid hands on you and sent you out. And you in the city. I said, are you coming tonight? He's just my spiritual uncle, but he's your spiritual daddy. No, I ain't coming. Got in the car and drove off an old raggedy car. I said, that car is a demonstration of your dishonor because that's exactly how your church is going to treat you. And you sold for it. There was people there that drove all, flew all the way, halfway across the continent to be there. I'm going to keep talking about honor because if you don't, people will be so disrespectful. And it's the worst thing you can have in a church as a pastor is dishonor. I am kicking dishonor straight up out of here with the gospel shoe or a, karate, or a karate kick. I know how to do them both. It's the worst thing to have in your church. Have you ever seen dishonorable kids? Let's talk about kids then. They won't listen to their parents. And you see it and you watching the thing. You just, you the witness over there. You sitting there watching. Hey! And you just want to get a switch. I can fix this. It ain't going to take but five minutes. The Bible says spank your kids. I'm everywhere this morning. Because the Holy Ghost would cover spanking your kids. Some people think their kids are too sweet to spank. One, well, none of mine too sweet. Nakisha was almost sweet. She didn't get but one in her whole tenure. But the others, I loved them with a great love. Yes, I did. You did pretty good too till the end. But anyway, but them two middle ones. Praise God, I'm leaving my kids alone. They're wonderful, I love them, and they're doing a good job, praise God. Now I got to see if they're going to raise their kids. Amen. Praise God. But no, it's not good to see a disrespectful child talking back to the parent, bucking back up to them. Especially when they get teenagers. They try to get in your face then. See, that's how killings take place. You really think I'm playing right now. time to get your own house now. You deserve to see them streets. <laughs> you deserve to see them streets. Streaks. We got two dogs. You got time for a dog story? Can't come from them streets. He's a, he's a rescue dog that Caleb thought he wanted and, and he didn't want him. He left him at my house. And but Karina, I didn't know Karina 
and Pastor Cynthia love dogs. I can't get rid of these dogs. These dogs should be paying rent or mortgage because they can't leave. They're there. They, they, got two, they got two lovers there. They got two. And Karina loves animals. I, I, I suppressed that in her whole life. I didn't want a gerbil. I didn't want a pet bird or nothing. I wanted nothing in my house that wasn't people. I wanted nothing from the animal kingdom in my house. And I kept it that way and then tell, and I suppressed it so much in Caleb, he thought he wanted a dog. And now I got him. But King is from them streets. He lived turning over trash cans and stuff like that and trying to eat and turn over. When we first got him, I thought he had some manners. So I was cooking some ribeye steaks. And I would bring them in and set them on the counter. This is before he gained all his weight. You've ever seen him now. He's eating himself out. He's got. He's eating himself into two bodies. But anyway, I left these ribeye steaks on the counter, and I'd go out and cook some more and bring them in. I said, I put more steaks there than that. I'd go back out, and another one be missing. He ate three steaks, and finally I caught him under the dining room table. And he look up at you so guilty, man. You ever seen a dog know how to look guilty? I mean, you can't even make the face. He was so sad. But King came up in them streets, and he know how hard it is out there. He don't even like going to want to walk, because he got a house now. He don't even like going on walk. He look, he keep looking back at the house. He think you taking him away for good. And he look back at the house. He said, no, I got it good. I'm turning it back. He will actually stop and turn back and go to the house. But we got another dog. He had a silver spoon in his mouth. He don't know nothing about them streets. He don't. Every time door walk, he like he want to run away. He just take out. He take. He don't know what it's like to turn over a trash can just to have a meal. And King be trying to tell him, I know, boy, if you ever get lost in them streets, all that running around you doing and taking off, he said, it's hard out there. I, I'm just reading his way. He's trying to tell him. I'm trying to school this little dog. It's hard out there. If you got a good home where they put a roof over your head, you got food on the table, they taking you to the doctor, make sure you got good medical care, and you got two people in here that love this other man, he'll get rid of you real quick in his time. Boy, you got it made here. And every time them doors open, don't mean you got to get out there in them streets. Which dog? I don't know who BJ's dog is. I guess it's yours. That's their dog, too, that they left in my house. But the bottom line is, it's hard out there in them streets. It's hard out there in that world. And Jesus said, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the Holy Spirit is in your life to take care of you. But you got to stay in the house of God. Some, some believers act like BJ, the little dog. Every time the door is open, they act like it's something out there in the world. And they take it off. You need to get around to one of these old saints that done got delivered. 
if you ain't never been, never been through nothing, you need to get around one of these old saints in here. They got the Holy Ghost and been delivered. They've been out there in the world. They know it ain't nothing out there. And you need to let them tell you it's safe in the house of God. Yeah. It's provision in here. It's covering in here. It's protection in here. You don't need to be out there running around in them streets. Coming back with street marks. You need to listen to the word in here. You got people in here that love you. You need to pay attention to the word of God. Praise God. Let me get into this. I covered a lot of things today. And the Titans kick off at what time? <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad I got a church that don't know. The people that do know, I know y'all. Y'all just kept quiet. <laughs> y'all didn't want to see my spiritual. 12 o'clock. <laughs> y'all didn't want to see my spiritual. But really, in your heart, you do it like this. I know y'all, y'all ain't fooling me. Y'all just know when to be quiet in here. The scripture said, be still and know that he's gone. Hallelujah. Yeah, dishonor, you need to do something past his appreciation. Not because I need a gift from you. You got it. It's Philippians chapter 4. You need me to say, my God shall supply all your needs. Don't you ever be stingy toward a gift of God that is sent to bless your life. Don't you ever do that. Not because Paul had to teach the rest of the churches. Not because we desired. We gave up our lives to do this. Could have bought any house I wanted. Any car I wanted, because I prospered. All my homes were brand new, every last one of them, until I started pastoring. Because I didn't know you had to teach people how to love God, how to love his son Jesus, how to love the Holy Spirit, and how to love the pastor that taught you about it. I didn't know you had to teach people that. It's so, it used to be real uncomfortable. I got up and preached that at uh, Church on the Rock. I took up the offering for Pastor Nancy. And she walked back there. She said, Pastor Rogan, I'm going to preach that message. And I'm not going to even say you preached it first. <laughs> it's a revelation to me. I pastored a dishonorable church for 15 years. You got to understand, I've been out in them streets <laughs> where it concerns the church. I've been in church streets. hard pastoring a disrespectful, dishonorable church and the pastor doesn't even know how to correct it. It's like parents that don't even know how to correct their own kids. My mom was telling me about a man that's going to the electric chair and is going to be executed. And on the way there, he looked at his mama. He said, they're taking my life today because you didn't teach me. That's the last thing he said to her. Bible says you correct your children. They sweet. Sometimes I used to have to stop past the center. I thought she was going to try to have a homicide at the house. <laughs> We're not talking about homicidal correction. 
We're talking about spanking them like the Bible says. We're not talking about bruising. We're talking about spanking them so they know the difference between right and wrong and train a child up in the way that they should go. We're not saying to you be Muhammad Ali <laughs> taking on Joe Frazier. You know, Muhammad Ali had a jab. He'd hit you and then slap you coming back. If you wanted them parents, don't do that. I'm glad you at church on the rock. You got reflexes. Your reflexes is so quick. Those parents have to be taught because a lot of times they say, well, this is the way my, my, my mom and daddy raised me. Well, if it ain't Bible, that's why we have the church. You should correct with words because that's how God tried to correct you. You don't try to correct you with train wrecks and all kind of your plane come down. Did you learn something through that crash? He corrects us with his word. That ought to be enough at some point. And typically a father is powerful with his word. My father was when he was around. And it, don't, it didn't matter that he was gone most of our life. When we got around him, just the words at an early age, we were never afraid of him, but his words, it was something you just didn't talk back. You just didn't do it. I'm glad I got an interesting honor in me that she taught me. never had a problem with my pastor because of training. Training is important. People have to be trained how to honor. You should never talk back to your parents and stand up and argue with them as if you're an adult. You show some respect at all times. And it'll carry you through your life. God's got a covenant with young people that honor their parents. God said, I promise you that you're going to live a long life and things will go well with you because of the honor that you showed your parents. And then when you show him that honor and the things that he honors, things will go well with you. The Bible tells us to honor one another. There should be nobody in this church who show any ounce of disrespect. I don't, I don't, you should be having feelings about somebody. That's why I'm teaching on the Holy Ghost. You still in Romans chapter 8? No, you moved over, didn't you? Well, well you go and read Romans 8, 13 when you get home. It says, mortify the deeds of your flesh. That is flesh when you disrespect people in the body of Christ. I told somebody to leave this church and don't ever come back. I don't even want you visiting. When I heard what they said to another child of God, I knew you was crazy the day you showed up. <laughs> but I tried to go, I tried to fix it. I'm the real deal. I see everything, but I try to help people. I know the ones that work with the day they show up, and I know the ones that won't. 
I'm not ignorant. I don't think everything's going to work. I want a real church. One without sprout or wrinkle, one that's going to glorify God and where the people are going to be blessed and the power of God works in the church. I was trained for a real church, not no compromising church. I want something that's real. That's the reason why we're building a half a million, a $1.5 million building in the middle of a pandemic. Churches wouldn't even venture to do that, but God told me to do it. And so it's done. We ain't trying nothing. It's done. No, we got to honor. I said, don't you ever come back here. You didn't, want, you didn't want any part of Jesus the day you came, but I tried to help you. I'm done. I'll never give you a chance to come close to hurting anybody else like this in my entire tenure of ministry. You let somebody else go get your demon out because I tried when you're a pastor, you have to protect the flock. Dr. Dufresne says you pet the sheep, you milk the goats, and the wolves need a club. <laughs> yes, you do. You have to have real church. I love people. We've given our life for this. People don't know where I came from, but you do need to know my seed. God told me you're going to give up your whole career to serve people. I mean, you're going to give it up. Go in there and tell them you're done. And she did the same thing. You need to know my seed. We didn't have to do this, not for a dime from anybody. Because I honored my man of God. I honored God. I kept his commandments. I loved my wife. I raised my children. I did what he told me to do. And he prospered us and blessed us. Amen. We never drove used cars. All the cars were new and all the houses were new. It wasn't until I got into this. And then Dr. Dufresne came along and he taught us how to really pastor a church. Most preachers are just wimps. That's who they are. They let anything go on in the church, all kinds of carnality all over the church, never say nothing about it because they're afraid people are going to leave. They've been leaving for 23 years. But I got some real people in here now. And I was driving home about two years ago, and I looked at Pastor and said, I said, I love my job. I love my job. <laughs> Y'all doing a great job. I want you to know that. You're becoming the nucleus. You're becoming a seed. God said from a small, the Holy Ghost said it from a small seed shall grow a mighty tree. Can't just bring anything up, stick it up in the air. It'll come down just as fast as it went up. I'm glad God took it. I'm glad he took his time with me. Popping up real quick, thanking you something. Next thing you know, <laughs> trouble. Now, the Bible said in Romans 8, 13, you mortify the deeds of your flesh, and disrespecting people is flesh. 
Everybody ain't going to think like you. Trust me, I've been doing this a long time. You have to be patient with people. And that was in the reading this morning, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just like Jesus forgave you. Hey, <laughs> praise God. He's trying to say amen, praise God. He thought y'all were going to join in with him, so he, he cut it off. Y'all left him hanging. They'll <laughs> do that to you, man. They'll do that to you, the saints. All right, 2 Corinthians, I got to finish up. I wouldn't plan on preaching much longer. I got 10 minutes for kickoff. I told you, so you don't have to go Google it. You pay attention to me. How shall not the minister of the Spirit be more glorious? God is, see, he says, how shall, verse 8, how shall not the minister of the Spirit be more glorious? The ministry of the Spirit is going to produce more of God than was produced coming out of the face of Moses. The ministry of the Spirit is ready to do more than ever that has been seen in the Old Testament. If you've seen seas open up, he's ready to do more. If you've seen manna come out of heaven, He's ready to do more. If you've seen him vanquish the enemies and the foes, he's ready to do more. If you've seen him raise people from the dead, he's ready to do more in this generation because this is the last age and God wants to touch mankind and bring him back home through signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Spirit. But the church has got to have the Holy Ghost to be able to do something like that. They have to have the Spirit of God. And so we need to be more conscious of his ministry. And then it says right here, let me get to the place where I want to go. He says, this ministry, look at verse 10, for even that which was glorious, which Moses had, had no glory in, in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. The glory of the New Testament is excelling the glory of the old. There's supposed to be so many signs and wonders and miracles, not just coming through the people preaching. They're supposed to be coming through your life. There's supposed to be miracles in your house, miracles with your children, miracles with your grandchildren. The power of God should be working everywhere you go, not just the pastor. Say amen to that. Amen. Now look what it says here. This is how this happens. Look down here. It says here in verse 13, not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end. That is abolished. That's done away with. That God is not going to give something to one person. That's done away with. Well, God's got one person glowing. God's got one church glowing. God wants the whole thing glowing. Amen. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm glowing. Amen. It says this. He said, that one person thing is done away with. He said, but their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which is the veil which is done away with in Christ. Which means that the presence of God is supposed to be affecting me. Because we are living with an unveiled Jesus. Come on now. He wants his image to get in us. 
Moses put it over his face so that the glory wouldn't affect them because they couldn't receive it. But the glory in Jesus, you can receive it. You can really come like him. Praise God. God has said the glory of having one person to shine is over with. But if you let the Holy Spirit shine in you, and you let the Word of God shine in you, you and I are not going to look the same this time next year. Come on now. You can say bye-bye to the old way of thinking. Bye-bye to this old existence right now. Come on now. A whole nother dimension of glory waiting on me. Come on now. Say something's waiting on me. Praise God. And I'm ready for it. And I take it in Jesus' name. He says in verse 50, but even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their face. They can't see Jesus. Nevertheless, when it, it the veil or when the it shall or when the person in this age turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, which means there's not a separation from me and the glory of God. There's nothing standing between me and the glory of God. I really got a change coming. I really got a change of God that the Holy Spirit is working in my life. Praise God. Ain't nobody going to look the same this time next year. If you listen to what I'm saying, you say, Lord, I want my change. Oh, you got to get hungry for this. You can't be casual about change. You got to say, I want this. This belongs to me. I want the Holy Spirit to do a work in my life. I'm ready for the supernatural change that he's put in my spirit. I'm ready for it to happen in my mind. I'm ready for it to happen in my body. I'm ready for it to happen in my family. I'm ready for it to happen in my church. But it's got to come through you first. Amen. You, he said the day of somebody else being anointed is over with. The manifestation of the spirit has been given to all of us. Amen. Praise God. You need to go home and read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because you ain't got time for me to read it today. But it says right here, nevertheless, he says, when one is turning to the Lord, the veil is taken away, which means the glory can permeate my life. Listen, God has no veil now, but I don't need a veil. I don't need to veil my life with this world. I don't need to veil my life with something that's keeping me from being in the Bible every day. I don't need to veil my life with something that's keeping me from a prayer life. I don't need to veil my life so that the Holy Spirit, his instructions and his leading cannot affect my life to a glorious outcome every day. Because the sons of God are led every day by the Spirit. But I don't want to veil my life where I can't hear his voice. Because he's trying to take you to greener pastures. He's trying to take you to refreshing. He's trying to take me and you to increase. So this world can see that God is real. And he's pouring out his Spirit now like never before. And this is the last end time gathering. And it gives them a chance to get on. And we better do it because somebody's going to do it. Somebody say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. For the Holy Ghost. It says here...